This is Check the Program, a kitchen table podcast by four sometimes journalists who saw a desperate need for arts coverage in this fine city and decided to do something about it. I'd like to acknowledge that Victoria occupies the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking and Coast Salish peoples, including what is now known as the Esquimalt and Songhees First Nations. As settler people, we have the privilege to live, work, and create on these lands, and much of the art we are discussing has also been created and performed here. And I'm John Thrillfall. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm Melanie Trump-Hoover. I am Amanda Farrell-Lowe, and this is Check the Program, so let's get started. On today's podcast, we're going to be looking back at last season's work, uh, picking our favorites about that. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to what's coming up in July, and we're going to be talking about the uh, lack of a comprehensive calendar system in the city and how crazy-making that is. So looking back over the last season, we thought we'd do a little end-of-season roundup before things ramped up for the next season. Uh, the last of the few shows have just finished up in town. Um, does anyone have... I have a clear favorite from everything that I saw last year. I think a few of us would agree with you. Yeah. On Yegan at the Belfry. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, I thought it was just the full meal deal. The package was fantastic. Uh, the show started before the show even started. Like when you entered the theater, you're already immersed in the uh, the feel of the production. Vodka shots. The vodka <laughs> shots, the way the <laughs> cast came out and mingled with the audience. I thought that was great. And then uh, not just the music and the performance, uh, but the whole the whole story, the, the whole thing. I was just, I totally bought into it. I think a couple of us saw it twice. I certainly saw it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I encouraged everybody I knew to go see it. Um, yeah, it was, I didn't get out to very much this past season. We had a lot of illness in my family and I broke my arm in September. Uh, but I managed to get it together and get to Onyegan. I went Halloween night because it was the only night that had tickets left and that I could get out of the house. And I, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'd heard some, you know, raves about it in Vancouver, um, Emil Gladstone and Beta Hilly are both sort of superstars in their own you know, theater and kind of alt music realm. Um, so, but I'd heard a lot about it, the space, you know, it had this incredible space. So I wondered how it would be in a traditional theater. And they just, they really worked with that theme. And like you said, transformed the space. And the music was excellent. I mean, they said it was a story about love. And it was like, you know, you're kind of like, what's that going to be like? But it completely love bombed everyone <laughs> in the audience and we were all in love. I was in love with the characters, the clothes, yeah. the music, the set, the story. It was just, yeah, it was just really mesmerizing. Yeah. So. I thought it was a real triumph for, you know, a couple of hometown people. Emil Gladstone, you mentioned earlier, Meg Rowe as well, who was originally yeah. out of Victoria, came out of the Phoenix program as did Emil. Uh, I thought that was great. And I've been a Veda Hilly fan since the early 90s. I saw her open for Ani DeFranco at the Commodore <laughs> nice. in like 92 or 93. Awesome. And while Ani DeFranco was great, I walked away with, who's this Veda Hilly person? And I've just stayed with a career ever since. And then just, you know, because of that, the success of the show, seeing it twice, I told my in-laws to go see it when I was toured up to Duncan. And, you know, they're in their 70s. And they loved it. And they mm. took some friends with them who also loved yeah. it. So I love the, the cross-generational appeal mm-hmm. of it as well. Yeah, we're hoping it comes back, right? Yeah, yeah well, you guys are totally making me heartbroken. Aww. Even more heartbroken than I missed it. So, yes, yeah. please come back. So what was your favorite if you didn't see Onyegin? I did not see Onyegin. Um, I was kind of split, actually, between two um, very oddball uh, one-woman shows. And one, one person, any person shows are not... Um, uh, necessarily usually my absolute favorite only I mean they they can be absolutely fantastic and transformative in the case of these two so it kind of surprised me that when I was thinking of, over the season's past that that 
that uh, that's what's rose to the top and it's between um ingrid hansen's interstellar elder mm. at last year's fringe i don't know if you guys any yeah of you saw that. i saw that it is so weird. It is. It, she is just such a quirky, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I just, I love her work. So much. And she brings us Kit again, who mm. we're introduced to in Little Orange Man as a child. Right. And in Kit and Jane. Jane. And now she's this badass grandma in space <laughs> who is responsible in all of, you know, the absurdist storylines that Ingrid and Kathleen Greenfield's work takes. She is on a, woken up on a spacecraft and needs to, um, tend to and steward the last of the human race until the earth is healed and they can come back and so there's no dialogue she's one woman keeping all of all of uh, humanity alive interacting with mandy the computer and it is absolutely hilarious and most of it is told through this like incredible physical mm -hmm. um performance that only ingrid is kind of a singular performer that i've seen at least that is capable of like keeping you completely enchanted for 90 minutes of her moving, basically. Yeah, from the opening moments of that show, she yeah. had you. Like, it was, yeah, mm -hmm. it was really, really good. Now you're making me feel bad I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that same uh, kind of vein, uh, Intrepid Theatre brought Peace for Person and Ghetto Blaster from mm. Australia in January. I think Nicola Gunn, the performer, was touring across Canada, and we got lucky that she was able to make a Victoria stop. And again, that, uh, it was this very oddball blend of anecdotes and really kind of convulsive performance theater where she's taking this idea about an incident that she saw traveling in Europe where someone was throwing rocks at a duck and turned it into this entire very like wild performance piece around morality and culture and, and what intervention may or may not look like. Mm. And it was polarizing for sure. I think half the audience loved it like I did and half the audience had no idea what they just experienced for 90 minutes and hated it. <laughs> and that's, for me, that's the definition of brave. And, and yeah, it was definitely a highlight for me this year. Yeah, on, on that, disappointments. Some people <laughs> might call that, might have felt that show was disappointment. Yep. Does anyone want to talk about? Other disappointments? Um, you know, I felt a lot of the seasons in general we had last season were um, kind of disappointing. Mm. You know, I didn't really feel the Belfry had their best season ever. Yeah, the Children's Republic was a agree. good show, but a lot of the rest of the season, I don't think it's going to stand out in anyone's memory. Um, Especially when you have a show like Onegin in there and then yeah. like surrounded by... Yeah. The, I mean, none of them were terrible, but they were just like, they just didn't punch through. They yeah. peaked too early. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe. I don't know. You know, Langham was only really sold on one of their shows. Uh, I thought the Clean House was Sarah Rill's clean house was very good but the rest were fine were you at here in town that I, was i enjoyed was so town. much fun no 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 i did like it i did like i wouldn't say it was a season standout for me um but i did enjoy it for me it was to pack that that huge of a musical with in huge of a cast into such a tiny space and yeah. do set do do the material yep. justice yep. i i was surprised well i that. remember when the belfry announced it for their season when we were working together john and you didn't know how the Belfry was going to do it on their <laughs> yeah, stage. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And they did such a good job with it there, So, too. like, to imagine... I didn't see the show, but to, yeah. it's hard to imagine Langham doing it. It did. Yeah, they got great voices and a great set again. They've been so good with their sets and their costumes, yeah. as they always are. Sarah, did you want to throw anything in? Uh, any stinkers this week? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sadly, Phoenix Theater's Mad Woman of Shailot. Is that how you say it? Shio. Shio. Shio, that's right. Yeah, that wasn't my favorite. The set was gorgeous. The set was, um, and there was some great acting, but um, yeah, it really fell flat. The whole the storyline and 
I hope my mom's not listening. <laughs> she did start snoring. It was a little oh. embarrassing. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't the best. But you know what? Um, great for for them for doing something, you know, t- doing a take on something. Mm-hmm. So that's what student theater is about. So, mm-hmm. so and, that was good. But yeah, I think I saw a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a shout out for uh, Rattenbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Tobin Stokes Opera. Um, Pacific Opera Victoria, which is like the most local show ever, <laughs> by you know about Francis Rattenbury, the famous architect who did the Empress and um, steamship building and the legislature, and you know all these other uh, amazing places in town. And it was the set was designed by local architect Frank D'Ambrosio, mm. who used like pieces of the Empress. Mm. And it was started starring uh, Richard Margeson, the tenor. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like very, very local. And uh, but it was a totally weird dark show, which it should be because um, Rattenbury was just basically egomaniac drunkard, who you know was cheating on his wife and um, moved in his mistress and married her. And um, you know she was really into um, all sorts of addictions and. Didn't lock his wife in the attic of uh, Glenline, what's now Glenline Norfolk School? Oh, maybe. Oh, yes. no, seriously. I mean, I they lived in the same house together. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's sort of in the show. They sort of took over the main floor and had these wild parties. Yeah. And, there um, is no better opera fair than this man's story. Yeah, well. I know. And then he gets, gets brutally better. murdered. Yeah. He gets, like, murdered by his second wife's, like, teenage lover. Yeah, lover so, chauffeur was yeah, he the lover chauffeur. chauffeur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really like born yes. to be an opera. Yeah, yeah. No and kidding. it was excellent. And the be- but the best part was it was in the Bowman Center, which is this beautiful space mm-hmm. that Pacific Opera Victoria has. And you're just sit- you were sitting in the opera. And if it had been at a big at the Royal, it maybe wouldn't have had the same effect. But you felt like you were in opera in a time when opera was something wild and different because mm. it just was a whole different experience mm. the the you know the conductor was sitting in the crowd mm. and Very the musicians cool. were right in front of you and it just had a great feel so i would totally recommend anything there uh, they also did missing um and i would recommend any seeing any show any opera in that environment well i think the bowman center is a success story in itself for mm-hmm. this year like uh, it's being used uh went in there uh, and I know it's being used for more community groups are using it as well. And it's a beautiful space with mm-hmm. Carrie Newman's sculpture on the ceiling yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I saw the original workshop of Brattenbury when it was at the Empress. And it was interesting to see it at the Empress and then walk yeah. out of the Empress and be surrounded by his buildings downtown. Um, but I can see we're seeing it at the... Yeah, the that'd be another be good one. Yeah. Um, art-wise, I'll throw a couple of nods out for the AGGV's programming this year. I thought Supernatural... Uh, the current summer show, I thought that was very good as well. And I really enjoyed Forma's Meaning, the First Nations print show that they had mm. in there too. I thought that was great. Uh, music, any highlights for me? I really, uh, one show that really stood out for me was I went to go see Julie and the Wrong Guys at Lucky Bar, which mm. uh, I'm a big Julie Doron fan. And she was touring with her new band and it was just like a total like 90s throwback, like, you know, more like her 90s work. And it was an awesome night out like I had a pretty rough winter and I just decided to go with my like busted arm and it was great and it was like such a solid uh solid musical performance and she's just like still like shredding so hard mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah I saw stars a few weeks ago mm. and yeah one of the best musical moments I've seen in a while and I think uh, 
I may have told you guys this story, but it was great. It was so there. Um, there's a young married, newly married couple in the audience, um, and uh, they had their wedding outfits on. <laughs> and so they were brought on stage and um, serenaded with my favorite book, beautiful, awesome rock and love song. And they danced, and it was like just this sweet Aww. moment at a show that was just so warm and happy. And the crowd was awesome, and uh, it was their first show on their tour, and I think that it totally set the tone for their tour. And it was just one of those great moments at a live show that yeah. you just cannot script and you can't repeat. So I think that's one of the great things about Victoria being on the end of the cat. We so often get the first or the last, but yeah. when we get yeah. the first, I mean, the Tragically Hips last tour yeah. a year or so ago, it is really like all the energy totally. and excitement and and kind of anticipation yeah. is there with the band too. Yeah, so we had to get the out. energy at the beginning, or like the awesome sadness energy at the end yeah. like, or sometimes the totally burnt out or yeah. not ready yeah, yeah. band yeah it can go both ways yeah. cool. i enjoyed uh, the two uh, dj sets at riflandia last year i enjoyed uh, bonobo set and i enjoyed moby set for all the craziness I, that, it was. that was the only thing i really saw at riflandia uh and yeah that was like that was speak of polarizing mm-hmm. that was uh, that was a very polarizing set. Um, and yeah, Melanie, I think you were saying earlier, like, oh, and I, I know a lot of people would agree that the order maybe should have been switched <laughs> on yeah. who played Saturday well, you and who get, played Sunday. You get all ramped up with Moby, like, wall of music in your face for an hour, and then you have nowhere to go dance it out <laughs> because it's Sunday night and Riflandia is done at nine. Yeah. So yeah, Saturday night, go into the night shows after that. Yeah, sure. just so mellow and yeah, mm-hmm. so that's funny. Dance, uh, I didn't honestly see any of Dance Victoria's season. Was oh, there a highlight? Yeah, I thought um, mm-hmm. Aspen Santa Fe Ballet was unreal. Like just an incredible dance company sort of built out of this school this network of schools to foster talent in the states modern dance they just were unreal they um, sort of feature up-and-coming choreographers and they had three in that show um, from all over the world like they'll Mm -hmm. bring choreographers from all over the world and it was stunning it was the highlight I think of the of the season for me I didn't see Alvin Ailey though I saw Ballet Hispanico same, the, right before Alvin Ailey, and same thing. Three very diverse choreographers, international, all Latina, and bringing that, um, that perspective and those, that uh, kind of culture and tradition to a contemporary dance stage, and it was absolutely stunning. I don't think I've seen anything Dance Victoria has done that hasn't just wowed me. Well, one thing that uh, continually drives me nuts in this city is that with all the, you know, everything we just talked about, there's so much arts that are going on in the city and so many different realms. Uh, It continually drives me crazy that there isn't one go-to central events, arts and events calendar for the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does that bother anybody else or is it just my Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's... It's been interesting. I think, John, you and I have a bit of a different perspective on it, given our history working at Monday Magazine and having that be the go-to calendar yeah. for the city for years and for years, seeing that decades. gutted under under our eye, beneath yeah. our eyes. I think yeah. uh, that was pretty brutal. Well, but, how yeah. do you guys find out about stuff? Well, that's, that's the problem, right? Like, other cities have things like Time Out or they have very uh, well-designed, uh, enjoyable online calendars that you can go to mm-hmm. and you can get a good sense of it all. Um, but it's a real hodgepodge. Like I find things out through 
sometimes through Facebook event invitations, sometimes through social media, sometimes by scanning, you know, the the calendars in Monday or in the TC weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real hodgepodge, that's you know. True. But so much I find just passes me by or suddenly sneaks up on me. It's like, oh, that's this Friday night. Why didn't I know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there isn't that weekly ritual of going, it's really for me, it used to be a weekly ritual of going and looking through the calendar and saying, okay, look what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you see like groups like Do 250 trying to fill the void. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, and they definitely like, I think their audience is younger and more more music heavy for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're, you know, it's, I think it's mm-hmm. difficult to capture everything, right? It, like, is, it is, it is. And did you guys find that when you had that like omnibus calendar? Were you, how much were you missing out? Well, it was curated. Like, that's the thing. Like, that was the key. And this is the key that I think, like, everyone thinks they can automate a calendar. Mm -hmm. And they think, okay, we don't need a real person there. People just submit their information. That person is the key to a good calendar. Mm -hmm. And it's a very Mm -hmm. specific skill set. Yeah, you have to weed out a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of the standard... Things. Yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. it needs to be a job mm-hmm. because if you rely on people and organizations to upload their stuff, they will. Um, but there's so many to choose from. Like there's probably dozens, at least two dozen various online calendars now. Uh, and which ones do you choose to do? Do you do them all? If you do them all, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's putting things on Twitter and putting it on Instagram and Facebook as well. But mm-hmm. if it's somebody's job, they're dedicated to doing that. And uh, they really, you know, their mandate is to keep the city informed. Yeah, and you need you need something that's going to highlight the good stuff, you know, the stuff that's going to have a buzz or, yeah. or reach a certain audience. And yeah. yeah, you're right. There just isn't the thought being put into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like the the snappy write ups, the you know, yeah, like mm-hmm. their own take on it, not yeah. just reprinting what is sent to you. Yeah. Like there's yeah. 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 People like a curated calendar. You know, there's no yeah. question. They want to know, much like we do, they want to know, you know, what should they look at and uh, what's worth catching this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so. when I was at the Times columnist, we tried to do that on the Thursday yep. go yep. section. Yep. We have sort of a se- had a semi-automated calendar where people would submit, but someone did go through it and then tried to sort of fill out the paper that Thursday section with some highlighted shows but it's tough the fewer, fewer people you have you know you just can't put the same attention into mm-hmm. it yeah. so you get you know maybe one person trying to do it all and it's um yeah it's hard it, yeah. yeah people don't want to put the energy and man like the the time into it yeah. well because where's the money yeah right like where is it generating where's the revenue? money though yeah, the, the money is the audience yeah and arts yep. organizations do advertise like they mm-hmm. do put out sure money to promote shows so collectively so like i feel it's unfair to them in a way because as a group they're a big force yeah absolutely but you know individually maybe you know maybe not but um you know, they should have a little more sway yeah. in terms of the effort that's being put in. You know, there's the Arts Victoria calendar that the city runs as well. And I know they are trying to beef that up and make it more of a presence as well. Um, and I see there is now an RFP out for a redesign of the Arts Victoria calendar. Oh, great. Uh, so that's active right now. You know, I never, I actually did, never minded the live Victoria like that layout and yep. format. I thought it was probably of all the website calendars I've seen. Yep. I mean, it's pretty like utilitarian, but it was the best one. Like, it was the most useful. It was simpler know? than Tourism Vix, and yeah. uh, you know, the DVBA yeah. has a downtown events calendar. I find but that's it's like really confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like, I love the Live Victoria. The that I thought it was a good 
useful yeah. website. I don't know, like I haven't looked at it on mobile though, which is like mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Yeah, right? like mm-hmm. looking at stuff on your phone, which I is think, what most people do. I think people are using social media to hear mm-hmm. about. I mean, I do it too. I look at I look at my Facebook events for the week that I've highlighted yeah. mm-hmm. in, that I've shown I'm interested in. And that's how I pick stuff to go to. And that's mm-hmm. how I go buy tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Which is you great know? if you hear about things through Facebook. Yeah. But I, have, so I have a whole system. Yeah. Like I, I would say I get 90% of my stuff through Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, I spend a lot of time on Facebook for work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if you look at me, my profile, I'm interested in like so many things because I want to know what's happening. I won't go to the majority of them. So that's not Same. helpful for organizers, right? right? right. Like for me, wishy-washy, mm-hmm. just being interested in 50 events and I might go to one. Mm-hmm. But like that's where I, I subscribe to event notifications for companies I like. Like I Same. You have I, to go um, subscribe individually yeah. for every it's organization. It's annoying, but like I... Otherwise you're in an echo chamber. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. what your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, not, you're missing a lot of bits and pieces. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of maintenance. So with all this in mind, uh, I decided to talk to Karen Lee Pickett. She's the artistic director of the Great Greater Victoria Shakespeare Festival. And I thought they would be an interesting group to talk to because they've been around for 27 years in the city. And that's a long time to go through. That was pre-social media. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to find out from her perspective what she thinks about calendars and how they get the word out. One thing she did say is that they still do a real mix of methods uh, for letting people know what their season is and what their shows are. You know, everything from traditional media to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know, of course, the website, email newsletters, word of mouth. Um, they do a big push through the local markets. Uh, they mm. do about 50% off uh, tickets. Oh, that's right. They set up markets. a little booth yeah. at local. Yeah, that's smart. So that's smart. very grassroots. And they used to even appear in local parades to get the word out. They don't do that so much now, but they used to do that quite a bit. Um, but Karen Lee, Karen Lee admits herself that uh, she finds the online calendar seem quite overwhelming. We have a summer job position. And um, a couple of years ago, that student uh, created a, a list for us of, of all the online calendars. And I was astonished at how huge it was. So now that we have that list, uh, we get the summer student to, um, to update all those calendars. It's, it's, and it's a significant amount of time. So you can imagine how much time that actually takes um, to do all that. Uh, but she says they still do use traditional media as well. You know, we make sure that uh, we get our media releases out to those traditional sources as well. And we're putting print ads in the TC and in Monday as well. So, you know, yeah, we're still doing that. But one thing I did want to ask her is, like, when she's looking for events to do personally... How does she find her information out? Like us, like where does she go? I have had occasion that I've had like out of town visitors and they're like, oh, we're coming to Victoria. What should we do? And then I go, oh, well, you can look at this. No, you can't look at that. What can you look at (laughs) to find out what's going on? Like I have come up against that. And then the other thing, of course, that she says that we all said and that so many people, I hear this from people in the city all the time, is that we're still in a sense of uh, void from uh, what Monday Magazine used to be, like people who used to pick it up every single week and look at the listings, which I did long before I ever worked there and uh, wanted to do afterwards, but then that just doesn't exist anymore. Everything used to be listed in Monday Magazine, um, but I I don't know that their listings are, are that comprehensive anymore. So when it comes down to, like, where does she look? Does she actually look at some various event calendars in town or not? If I 
wanted to go see something that was outside of theater, like dance or uh, music or something like that, um, I, I really don't know where I would find that out. You know, I'd probably dig through social media. I might, um, you know, because I am familiar with Dance Victoria or Valley Victoria, like I might, you know, look at their website. But yeah, there's nowhere I would go for like a central source. So, I mean, really what she's saying is that there is this hole in the city when it comes to arts calendars as someone who runs a festival and as someone who's in the arts community themselves and doesn't really know where to necessarily look for stuff. I think it's, it's definitely a, a gap there, um, which, you know, is, is maybe trying to be filled by all these many different listing sites. Uh, yeah, it's not really working. So I don't know if there's a solution out there, if it's just more better calendars or one unified calendar, or if it's going to be a print publication or what it's going to be. But I think it's clear that the city needs something that people can use as a go-to Yeah, source. it'll be interesting to see what the redesign of the, the city-run one looks like. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm curious to see who the like the city's process, what yeah. uh, what comes out of that. I like the YWJ Arts hashtag, but uh, you know, because it's a good clearinghouse, mm -hmm. but not everybody uses it. Yeah, so. and I think two two five zero is doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Like they're and they're out at stuff. They're like, yeah, they're, yeah. I think if any, of all the startups I've seen, try and fill this void. This is the most successful one I've seen yet. Yeah, agreed. So. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, news. Uh, we'll go on from there and talk about a little bit of the arts news that's going on in town right now. Well, I mean the ongoing visa saga. So the Vancouver Island School of Art lost their place on Quarter Street. Uh, tried to appeal it with the school district, wanted to extend their stay. Uh, the school district said no way. Uh, so they had to be out by the end of the summer. And the development is that they found a temporary home. Mm -hmm. in, uh, well, hopefully temporary in the old North Park bike shop on Quadra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there. it sounds like the developer of that new, is it the Arise? The new development in Quadra Village that has said they are happy to have them there and they've actually revised their plans. Oh, that's the Fifth Street place. Yeah, right yeah, near. that's right near mm -hmm. the current space. Uh, but I mean, that's a couple years down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah. And um, I mean, we're sitting in Quadra Village right now recording this podcast. There's not a, there's a lot of things coming down the pipe in this neighborhood in terms of development. I doubt any of them will move very quickly. This neighborhood has not seen a lot of development in the last 20 years. 30 years and I think that um, yeah I think that they'll probably be proceeding cautiously with with new ones yeah. so uh, I mean you know I think they're hopeful to get that space up in two years who knows right like I don't know and did Visa say I know that they had quite a they have so many diverse spaces and studios and garden space and whatnot is this new temporary space meeting at least a good portion of those needs or they say it's going to be a simplified version they'll mm. have a smaller version of the slide room gallery mm -hmm. that'll be there as well mm -hmm. but uh, i mean anyone who's ever been in north park bicycles it's not a big space yeah i hope there's some hidden back room spaces there that they can yeah or, or second floor stuff Something. maybe they'll yeah. have other rooms they can access around the area yeah yeah. Uh, also in the ongoing Saga department, uh, Open Space is having a welcome celebration for both their interim executive director, Raj Sen, and their interim Aboriginal curator, Lindsay Delaron. That's happening this Saturday night uh, down at, uh, at Open Space. So that's good. They're moving forward with that in advance of their AGM in August. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, anyone else got any news? The only other news I have is in the local filmmaking department. Um, we had a couple of local winners of Telefilm Canada's annual national talent to watch competition. 
So um, Susie Winter, uh, who has written a screenplay called All in Madonna, is going to be produced locally in 2019. Uh, it's going to be produced by Anna Delara. Oh, great. Yeah. Comedian. She's been yeah. involved in lots of stuff. And it's going to be directed by Arnold Lim. Oh, Arnold. So Arnold's a longtime city Arnold. photographer. So he's going to be helming this film, which is great. And then the other one is another local production. Uh, Denver Jackson oh, yeah. uh, has written a screenplay for Es Luna, The World Beyond, and that's going to be produced by Daniel Hogg. Uh, he's been involved in local films like Two for One, Maureen Bradley's uh, trans romantic comedy, and uh, Connor Gasson's uh, The Devout as well. It's good for local filmmaking. It's another thing that people always focus on the out-of-town productions, but I think the talent in town, much mm -hmm. like the rest of the art scene, mm -hmm. is you know well worth of national attention. Yeah, I wish there were more opportunities to see some of these shows instead of, you know, yeah. one-off screenings and stuff. One-off screenings. Cinevic. I think, yeah, they're trying yeah. to program a lot more of that. Yeah. 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 Well, now that they've got the big theater, they got the space to do it. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Agreed. Cool. So what's coming up? What is coming up? Oh, so uh, coming up? July, July looks like it's going to be a busy month. Uh, mm -hmm. What's on anyone's radar? Uh, I think a bunch of us are going to see Hedwig in the... Angry Inch, mm -hmm. Atomic Vaudeville production at um, Upstairs Lounge. Cabaret. 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 Or cabaret yeah. This is a remount. AKA Harpos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is a remount with Griffin Lee. In with the Griffin Lee, yeah. who is, yeah, let's talk about him for a minute because he is in Drawer Boy, the Blue Bridge Theatre production yeah. that Melanie is going to see. Uh, this weekend, um, and then he is also he had rave reviews for um, for Hedwig last last round at yeah, Victoria Event Center, yeah. and he's also known um, for his lead role in Rocky Horror Picture mm -hmm. Show. Um, yes. He's incredible, yeah, yeah Frank yeah. His his Good. vocal talent is unreal, oh, yeah. and just his like electricity on yeah. stage. Oh yeah, he's yeah. like a supernatural being on stage. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. So. And, and so those two, like, kind of outrageous, huge uh, barn burner type roles, it'll be interesting to see him in the drawer boy yeah. in what yeah. I think is a more, a uh, little bit more of a muted role, maybe, yeah. than what mm -hmm. Victoria Stages have seen him on, especially next to two, I think, quite veteran um, actors, uh, Gary Farmer, um, who was Lenny in yep. Mice and Men, right. that heartbreaking yeah. role, and yeah. Michael Armstrong playing the other two leads in, in the drawer boy, and this mm -hmm. kind of very Canadiana. Yeah pastoral farmland piece yeah. so two totally different roles for griffin and back to back right? yeah you know drawer boy opening mm -hmm. this week and then hedwig on july 20th wow yeah i bet he just slips into hedwig though right yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's an know. alter ego at this yeah. point yeah. i'm in the choir and we got to perform with him a couple of weeks ago with the viatech awards and he did a couple of his hedwig songs and yeah it seemed very second nature to mm -hmm. him now so uh, Andrew Bailey's Brain Machine is here on Monday. One night only, no advance tickets. Uh, get in line. Yeah. <laughs> Which shows are kind of fun like that when they're this, like, it creates some cool buzz around it. And especially Andrew is such a local favorite with the work that he's been bringing to Fringe and Uno for the past yeah. couple of years. And this is his new monologue that's weaving together the origin story for the internet with his own experience going viral a few years ago. <laughs> Um, with the video about, mm. I think it was about rape, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Which yeah, is quite I remember a, that video. It was an incredibly powerful piece, and so he's weaving those two pieces together um, into a new monologue, new perspective, and and his um, he has this very wry, uh, relatable, incredibly human way of of performing that I think really 
makes them very magnetic. So I line up early for sure. The show starts at eight and I, I have a feeling it, um, a lot of people will be walking away disappointed, not able to get in. Mm-hmm. Event center? Yeah. Event center, yeah, Monday, yeah. July 9th. Yeah. Um, the Eventide starts this week at Centennial Square, the Thursday night uh, CFUV uh, uh, concerts. Nice. Which are an awesome way to spend a summer evening. Uh, they run through, I think, the first week of September, uh, every Thursday. They start at six. Yeah, lots of great. Uh, they kind of do a different theme every week, so like indie rock or hip hop or whatever, and it's it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy just walking through there on a Thursday night and hearing mm-hmm. what kind of music is yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, lots of times in the past, I've walked through and just hung around for a while because yeah. the music was good. Mm-hmm. So. What else is coming up? Pride Parade this weekend? Pride Parade this weekend, absolutely. Shakespeare Fest, we mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier. So they're doing Pericles and The Tempest, uh, running in rep, uh, July 5th through the end of the month and 28th. And then they're remounting The Tempest uh, for a couple of days out at Saks Point in Esquimalt, mm-hmm. which uh, I would seriously recommend if anyone has, you if you haven't seen a site-specific play out at Saks Point, Theatre Scam's done them over the years. It's a fantastic place mm-hmm. to see a play. And the Tempest will be magical. The Tempest will, mm-hmm. in that will setting. be magical yeah. in that setting. Absolutely. And they're doing uh, Tempest with uh, Prospera instead of Prospero. So they're mm-hmm. doing a female lead in it. They um, often do that with their shows. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they, I mean, it's interesting that uh, Stratford this year, the Stratford Festival Ontario, is making a big deal because they're doing a Tempest with Prospera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this groundbreaking production and everything. And Shakespeare <laughs> Fest here has been doing that doing kind of thing for years. Yeah. Yeah. a long so, time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the Alt Pride Festival is this weekend, too, That's on right. Saturday in Fernwood. So. Right. so you can have a double shot Alt Pride on Saturday yeah. and then the Pride Parade on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Paper Street's got something coming up, don't they? They do, yeah. Yes and yesteryear. They're improvised Jane Austen and they're doing that site-specific at Emily Carr House, which I think they've, I think it's a remount. They've done this type of work before in that same space, but is meant to be immersive and, and improvised, of course. So that'll be interesting. That's July 20th to 22nd. Um, yeah, next next weekend is Scam's bike ride, right? Mm-hmm. Scampede. Scampede. Oh, yes. sorry. No, 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 sorry. My I bad, know. my bad. I do that half the time I call it bike ride, half the time I call it Scampede. 10th annual, right? And 10th totally annual. free this year totally to celebrate? Free. Yeah, yeah. So 16 shows. July 13th? Mm-hmm. 14, 15. 14, 15. If you've never been, it's 16 shows, I think, this year, 16. but dotted all along the Galloping Goose. And you can walk it, you can ride it, you can wheel it. And they're, they're site-specific um, little vignettes, little yeah. micro plays. 10-minute plays. 10 minutes. And you kind of you see three or four at a time and then go back to the hub. And it's, uh, Amanda, you were saying earlier, it's just... Yeah, I still, so- like, have, whenever I bike the goose, I'll, like, get little snippets of memories of shows that's at certain parts of the trail. It's uh, It's been a few years since I've gone, actually. And unfortunately, I'm at a wedding that weekend, so can't go. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty... It's just a neat... Mm-hmm. theater experience and so cool that it's free this year that's well, so great is what it hands down is one of my favorite theater events of the year and i think any piece of art that can transform uh, a place in that way mm-hmm. that you attach new memories to something as common as the alping goose mm-hmm. that we ride along all the time that you can ride it again and then see it through different eyes i think that's a fantastic successful thing to do mm-hmm. um, yeah. And a lot of local, I mean... Yeah, 10 of the 16 are local productions. That's and very I, cool. I don't know if that's where Launchpad got its start, but that's where I first saw Launchpad yeah. years ago. And that I feel like it's beetle, a great... And I was yeah. saying, you know, when, when the mic was off, like, I still ride past that stretch just before you hit 
the the bridge over the inlet and it's like the pine beetle song gets stuck in my head whenever <laughs> I write my hair. <laughs> so 10 years of nurturing. Yeah. Things, you know, so little cool. from a micro play to some of the big stuff that Launchpad's doing now. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, no, no, I love it. Yeah. One more show I want to mention, the um, Suddenly Dances, Bomberman, The World We mm. Met Again, uh, a show from South Korea at the Metro on Saturday, July 14th. Uh, it sounds like it'll be really cool. Uh, what do they call it? Darkly comedic dance theater work in which the dancers inhabit global pollution in a gaseous atmosphere. I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. So does that mean like they fill the space with fog and they perform in the fog? I guess you'll have to go and see. It just looks like the visuals that are very intriguing Mm -hmm. for that show. So Agreed. Yeah. Um, Wow. Well, and that's not even getting Rock the Shores. (laughs) Yeah. Phillips Backyarder. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. There's so much music that Atomic Double Helder that happens every July. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's about it for this round. Um, next podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about some more of what we've seen, I guess. Yeah, because um, I think we're all July. getting out to see some stuff. Yeah. We're getting out to see some good stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to do a bit of a look ahead at all the upcoming seasons in the fall and uh, some of the picks. So theater, music, dance, opera. art, yeah. opera, everything. Um, it's, I love this time of year because people do announce their new seasons. It's exciting. And it's a great way you can look through them all and go, ooh, look what's coming. Ooh, look what's coming. I know it makes so. the end yeah. of summer not so bad. I know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> not that I'm talking end of summer already. No, no, no. The beginning of July. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be back with reviews of the two Shakespeare shows, The Tempest and Pericles, uh, Drawer Boy as well. And with that, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, tell us, tell your friends. We're on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, anchor.fm as check the program or if you don't like us tell us that too we want to know what you think let us know what you'd like to hear more about um because yeah that's really important feedback and uh i'd like to know about calendars like what do people use yeah Yeah. if you uh if you found a good calendar in the city let us know what it is and don't forget to yeah always check the program check the program check the program